This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Targeted ads, the downfall of society, the downfall of all of us here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott. My targeted ads, like Chris Carlin was just talking about there, happen to be related to the Sephora sale. It's the once a year thing where I get 20% off everything. I went yesterday. I cleaned out the entire Fenty Beauty section. I'm going back tonight to do the same to the drunken elephant section. So guys, I don't know if you have any sort of uh, similar experiences, but I need all these radio shifts I can get because targeted ads have me following influencers for all of my skincare and beauty tips, which I know you both uh, know all about. So Yes, with that said, I too have these issues. Chris Carlin, normal host here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, joining us now via the CC call-in line. And before I find out more of your purchases, Chris, that you uh, have so uh, so often indulged in on Instagram and TikTok via these targeted ads, we know that Kawhi Leonard, the breaking news coming out of Los Angeles today as the Suns Clippers series shifting back to L.A., might shift momentum too with things tied up 1-1. He is ruled out. Out with a knee injury for game three. Sounds like it's not something that's super, super serious because of what Woj has been reporting that this is a day to day injury, but it's still a knee sprain. How do you see this affecting the series as it goes back to LA? Well, I mean, first things first is that Drunken Elephant was my nickname in college. So <laughs> I find it ironic that you're going there. But listen, I think, you know, Canty and I were talking about this series earlier today, and I could not get over the fact that in a 1-1 series that the Suns were heavily favored as they were. And now, uh, while the two of us were thinking about uh, making a joint investment in the L.A. Clippers, uh, we've decided to hold off just a little bit, considering what's going on with Kawhi. I'm surprised by it, but I'm not surprised by it. And I definitely think uh, it's a major factor. Look, I, I came out of the other night feeling like if Paul George was healthy, there's no reason to think that the Clippers would not have won, would not win this series. Because while it looked like it was supposed to, there is nothing about the Suns that really impressed me right away in Game 2, even though they evened it up. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a major concern. It's, it's a major concern. I, I, I don't see how the Clippers could win, win without Kawhi tonight. I don't see how that can happen. Who who benefits the most if you're looking at it, Chris, from a Suns perspective? Is there one player in you know individually who's going to benefit more than someone else? I mean, I, I would. I mean, I think Durant and Booker both. I mean, yeah. Kawhi's defense is just so good. He's such a a good two way player. I, I would expect that they both would. Um, I don't think all of a sudden. You know, it's the the numbers are just going to be off the charts. But just considering what he's done, I I would expect I would expect Durant a little bit more, mm-hmm. probably just because of what we saw in Game One, where he only touched the ball and took one shot, I think, over the last six minutes, um, and was scoreless in the first and third quarters in the, in that game. I mean, it was better for Durant in Game Two, but. When you can do that to Kevin Durant, it's a whole nother level of defense. 
a so-so game for KD in Game 2. They are now 1-1 one one in this series with Durant. Suns 9-1 since trading for Durant at the trade deadline. Kenny and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio, and we're talking with Chris Carlin, the normal host of this show, if he's not hosting Greeny, and getting ready for the NFL draft. We'll get into your prep here in a minute, but... The minutes for Kevin Durant concern me. Randy and I have been talking about this and knowing that not all minutes are created equal, but he's playing 44, 45 minutes as the series now has it's two games old. Can he continue at this clip and the Suns be able just to rest everything on him, have him be number one in field goal attempts, hopefully a higher scoring output for Dur- from Durant in game three. But I just take a look at what the load for him, the load for Devin Booker, the lack of contributions from the bench right now, and I don't think this is sustainable. No, I don't, I don't think it is either. And uh, think about this, too. Uh, Wendy was on the show earlier today when we were filling in for uh, Greeny and pointed out if I just took a look at the took a look at the schedule. I mean, think about the fact that they're playing tonight at 10:30 and then they are playing at noon West Coast time on Saturday. I mean, that is an incredibly quick turnaround that does not help the Suns. It's you know, that's even more why I, I think that if you get a chance tonight, it, it's such a huge issue uh break that you could get Kawhi on the bench that maybe you can limit KD to 35 minutes and still win this game. I mean, uh, in some ways I look at this uh, like the Bucks the other night, not that it's the same kind of matchup, but the Bucks last night in resting Giannis, hey, let's just get through tonight. You know, even if the Bucks went down two games to none to the Heat, uh, they still could very easily, I think, win that series. And um, I think, in the, and of course, they won without him last night. So I think if you're the... You're the Suns tonight. You would love to find a way to limit Durant to 30 to 33 minutes if you could. Yeah, that'd be a you know quite a blessing for a guy who still has only played coming into these playoffs eight games in his Suns uniform. So there's still an acclimation process that has to take place. And now, I mean, you know, it might be. I don't. I don't want to say he looks forward to playing without Kawhi Leonard, but this is a green light special for Russell Westbrook. Like Russ, <laughs> Westbrook, <laughs> when is when does he not see the green light? <laughs> Honestly, he's now he's Charlie Day in the back of the uh, in the back of the stolen car on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's this wild card, just ready, just ready to let it loose. And that's kind of a nice transition into. Uh, Dylan the villain last night, as somebody on Twitter called him. I I haven't seen anyone Im- willingly embrace both in wardrobe, post game comments, and on court antics this level of LeBron James trollery like we saw from Dylan Brooks last night. I mean, this Chris, it's a choose your own adventure. Take it however you want. How did last night sit with you from Dylan Brooks's perspective? Um, listen, I I still don't I, I don't look at it like Dylan Brooks has been off the charts amazing in this series. Um, with LeBron, the, the stat that stuck with me for Dylan Brooks yesterday is the the Lakers as a whole, when Dylan Brooks is the primary defender on LeBron, they are shooting somewhere, like the rest of the team is shooting somewhere in the high 20s. In other words, he's been able to just lock LeBron up um, and, and force him to give up the ball and let them get beat. When LeBron's you know taking him on, he's still shooting 50% himself, but... That's only been on like 14 possessions that he's actually shot it. So he's been good as far as the trolling. Like I'm sure I'd be surprised if LeBron just doesn't look at it at this point. Like whatever, you know. Like okay, dude, 
you know, do you do you. If I'm <laughs> LeBron, you can't get sucked into this. Uh, Wendy thought this morning that that's exactly what was going on, that he's trying to set a trap for LeBron to, because it's better uh, for Memphis if LeBron goes out there to try to score 50 as opposed to AD being number one. I Look, LeBron could score more than 40 in one of these games. I don't think he's going to force it, though. I think he's going to go there when he has to go there. He's the Titsy fly of this series, just buzzing in LeBron James's ear. Yeah. LeBron just wants to smack it out once and for all. We'll <laughs> see if he's able to do that in Game 3 after shooting 7 of 14 when Brooks was the primary defender in the first two games on LeBron James. Chris Carlin, host of Canty and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio and also hosting our draft coverage, the NFL Draft, one week away. Chris and Chris will be down in Kansas City, joined by Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitz. Simmons bringing you all the draft coverage right here on ESPN Radio and I know you're in the thick of prep right now and you're balancing a lot but as you go through all of your notes learning about prospects learning you know way down the draft board because we know about CJ Stroud Bryce Young Anthony Richardson Will Levis the quarterbacks what have you give me one thing from your prep about any prospect you can take this anywhere you want to go that you are excited to tell people about when this player inevitably gets drafted. Okay, I'll give you that right away because I was talking to uh, a coach last week, uh, last night in college that had to prepare for Georgia, okay? And it had to prepare for a lot of us. He was an SEC coach. And we were talking about Jalen Carter for a minute, and I wanted to get the run down there. And Andy said, but the other guy, dear God, he said, Nolan Smith is shot out of a cannon. And the week leading up to it, the exact quote he gave me was, holy blank, how are we ever going to block this guy? Mm. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, So it's stuff like that. When you get a chance to talk to some of these uh, coaches and people, I mean, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you guys that you get these kind of fun little nuggets from people. Um, but you you get a a better view of who some of these players are and how they're viewed like that's that's one of those guys that um and you also see the the different opinions there's so many opinions on a guy like Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech about where he's going to play is he going to play edge strictly like and be like Trayvon Walker or is he going to play he could play some three technique he can play um you know off the tackle like, what are they going to do with him, um, and how do teams view him? It's just it's stuff like that. It, those are the kind of things. That was one of the better quotes uh, that I got so far from just different coaches and people that have been preparing for, uh, that have spent time preparing for these guys. Chris, uh, we've been asking, we asked Diana Rossini, had her on in the first hour, where she was when she lost her blue check mark. I'm just wondering how today is resonating with you. On social media? Uh, well, let me take a look and <laughs> where we. Let's see. Did I? It's is it? It's gone. It's gone? Uh, oh no! Gone. I hate that you're finding out this way. This is this is kind of awkward. You we were hoping that you like already you, like had oh, dealt no. with the trauma that came with this, and oh, now my God. you're unpacking it oh, in no. real time with us. Uh, that where I was was talking to you. Oh, I did not realize it had happened. Um. I, that's not yeah. me playing that. That's not me playing that. I do want to say though, this is a this is a don't cry because it's over smile because it happens situation. Right? <laughs> what was That's your favorite all. moment of verified Twitter? 
<laughs> just the fact that I that somebody actually had to verify it was me saying all this stupid stuff. Like that 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 needed a check mark next to it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yes. Honestly. No stupid stuff, all important things that have come on Twitter, have come on ESPN radio, in the various shows that you host. He is Chris Carlin, the host of Canty and Carlin, weekdays three to seven PM Eastern time. You also hear him quite often on Greedy, and you're going to hear him on ESPN Radio's NFL draft coverage beginning next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Chris, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good luck with draft prop. Yep, we verified it. That's the moron. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to have to deal. Like, I'm going to, Randy, I'm going to have to yeah. unpack how I actually feel about losing my blue check mark because Let's I've go. had one since 2013. Since 2013. That's a decade. Yeah. That's... A decade with a blue check next to my name. Our social media person at the Clarion Ledger, the newspaper I used to work at in Jackson, Mississippi, went through Gannett, the parent company of all of these papers, which owns USA Today, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, all these big papers. And the, she got us all our blue checks then, and I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to. I mean, I certainly tried to live up to the prestige of what uh, comes and the responsibility that comes with owning a blue check mark. But now that I don't have it, I don't know if I feel free. I don't f- know if I feel liberated. I don't know if I feel sad. I guess I just kind of feel numb. Uh I think first of all, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty sick brag that you've had it for ten years. It was um, unintentional, but it because it's a true fact. It, it just kind of happened to me. It was an unintentional brag, or mm-hmm. okay, okay, no, that's good. That's it's not good. a humble brag. It just kind of. I'm literally stating a fact. No. you're out here chastising. Me there wasn't about anything it. humble uh, about it. No, um, there, my, okay. <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't get one until until I got here, and yeah, like it's it was like a work. It was like a work perk. You know, there were. Several talented people who had who had connections, and it used to be something of like a who you know type of thing. Like I'm dating, like like my, like my uh, girlfriend has thirty seven thousand. She has like way more followers than I do, and she's not verified. She wears it as a as a badge of honor. It's been a it's been like a somewhat tongue in cheek talking point of our entire relationship. And so today she's like, now you're on my level. Like she was like, welcome to the Thunderdome, um, and. You know, it certainly doesn't it reflect content, and now it's kind of funny seeing folks out there with, you know, a couple dozen followers who are are rocking blue checks. And I just I worry about it from our perspective because, like, if I see someone, I know what Adam Schefter's avatar looks like, and if I see some Adam Schefter account tweet something, you know, explosive about the NFL, uh, I'm gonna now like it, it requires due diligence. It requires a couple of clicks to make sure it's the actual person, and you know. You know, the majority of people aren't going to do that. It's 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 kind of like, you know, tweet first, ask questions later. The good thing that comes with this coming down today, everybody losing their blue check mark at once and everybody who is either paying for Twitter blue or is a part of the legacy Twitter, which Twitter needs to, you know, put a little bit more, ver- like explain that a little bit more because – Adam Schefter still has his, and that's important right now because when we think about the sports reporting landscape and what's coming up next week, which we have been talking about for months and months and months with the NFL draft, you got to know that the information you're getting is verified before you retweet it. So, I mean, my biggest piece of advice to fans out there, people who want to make sure that the information they're consuming and then retweeting on Twitter, set up Twitter alerts for people that you actually go to and follow so you get them directly to you so you're not searching and seeing a fake reporter. Like Diana was talking about this. She lost her blue check mark. So even the greatest of us uh, fall vulnerable sometimes to Twitter's weird rules that they are now implementing. 
having fake information out there at this time of year in sports is is uh, an inconvenience. My biggest fear is that if there's like some sort of like real event in life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weather, any sort of, you know, thing that unfolds that needs up to date accurate information in the moment, not having verified accounts or at least far fewer of them out there dispersing that information and having it be readily consumable does worry me about how that's going to affect the general public consuming all of that information. I mean, it's going to change the sports reporting landscape. There's going to be a lot of people who get got from here on out. It always happens during free agency. We see it happen during the draft, hopefully as we gear up towards the NFL draft next week. And with Chris Carlin and Chris Canty, the host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, with them in Kansas City, hopefully they are not falling victim to that trap. Uh, RIP to the Twitter blue check mark. It's been a fun 10 years for me. It's been a fun five minutes for Randy Scott. He's now on everybody else's level. Uh, unverified as hell as we go into the remainder of this Thursday. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Randy Scott ESPN at Courtney R. Cronin. Both of us unverified. All of us unverified. <laughs> Coming up next, what does the future hold for Draymond Green in Golden State? Could this be his last season with the Golden State Warriors? We know he's suspended for Game 3 of the series against the Sacramento Kings. What does that mean going forward as contract negotiations ramp up here in the near future? That's coming up next right here in Candy and Carl on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
The NBA is suspending Warriors forward Draymond Green for stepping on the chest of Sacramento's DeMontis Sabonis. This is what made it more egregious, was the fact he got the tee, then he doing all this stuff to the crowd, Adam Silver's in the arena like, Draymond, you too damn old to be acting like that. Draymond shouldn't have done it, but he was punished for it already. The NBA is the reason why people think NBA players are soft. There's no reason for Draymond Green to be suspended for this game. Warriors-Kings, the second game of Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time tip-off as the series shifts over to San Francisco. The Warriors in an 0-2 hole as they go home trying to win one game in this series, but they're going to have to do it without Draymond Green, who has been suspended by the NBA for Game 3. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott holding it down for the guys on this Thursday afternoon, and let's head out to San Francisco Check in with Tim Kawakami of the Athletic Bay Area, senior columnist and editor-in-chief. With We've seen this happen before, dating back to when the 2016 series took a far hard left turn when Draymond Green was suspended in Game 5 en route to the Cavs coming back and winning that NBA Finals. Tim, this time around, do you find any parallels in the suspension and what that's doing to the Warriors right now as they go try to find their first win in the series and doing it at Chase Center? Yeah, I mean, I, I sure do emotionally. You feel it. Obviously, Draymond Green is a huge part of the Warriors. What they do has been a huge part of them for years. Uh, Warriors themselves, if you ask them, they're like, no, I mean, that was seven years ago. And that <laughs> doesn't feel like seven years ago, CC, but it was a while ago. They've been through a ton of things since then. Uh, and I think kind of uh, side note, you know, they're not saying it, but like, this is not LeBron James. Like, this is the first round series. It's a big deal. They're down 2-0, but they should be able to handle this. Maybe at least, you know, home crowd going. They were a really good home team this year. Uh, I mean, the Kings are a really good team and have shown it. And they were a really good road team this year, which is important. But I, I just don't – they're really pushing back on that. It's just like 2016. Oh, my God, you know, you'll cave in. You had a 3-1 lead then, and it just came tunneling in on you. Um, they, you know, they, they can't think that, obviously. And they they got to tell themselves that this is – they've won games without Draymond. They've won big games without Steph. They've won big games with Clay, obviously. Uh, that they can do this. I think they can. Uh, let's see if what they're telling themselves is true. We'll, we'll know about that in about five or six hours. <laughs> Tim, um, we've seen it this season from them. There's been confidence. There's been back and forth with the Memphis Grizzlies in particular where it's like, hey, you guys can talk to us when you get on our level in terms of rings. You know, Clay has joined in on that. I know Draymond has as well. What sense do you get about their confidence in being able to flip the switch, which it would seem like they would have to do in Game 3, but their their confidence in saying, hey, all we have to do is flip the switch and we'll be fine? You know, they kind of thought that in Games 1 and 2, by the <laughs> way. Um, so maybe it's a little less right now. Um, you know, I think they played okay in those two games. They just didn't make the plays at the end. You know, not having Draymond to the last seven oh three of Game 2 was pretty big. But they came back and they tied that game. And then De'Aaron Fox comes back and, you know, just make, keeps making big buckets. I think they've had some, you know, they felt like the switch has mainly been flipped. They got Andrew Wiggins first into the you know, game for 28 minutes as a, as a backup in game one after all the time off. And he played like 39 minutes, I think, in game two uh, as a starter. 
that that makes them feel good about themselves. Gary Payton second is probably all the way back from certainly what he was last season for them. Uh, but he is playing defense. He's somebody they can throw out there against, against uh, you know, Malik Monk or De'Aaron Fox. I, I think they feel like they that might be the scariest thing for them. Like they, I think they feel like they're playing hard. They're playing committed. They're playing focused. They just haven't been good enough to be the Kings, certainly there. Uh, I imagine they're pretty sure if they play at that level at Chase Center and they have that crowd going and they're comfortable and, you know, they're secondary guys. Jordan Poole, who is definitely was on a bad uh, ankle in game two, is feeling better now, apparently. Jordan, John McCaminga is going to have to play some minutes, certainly, uh, with, with Draymond out. Dante DiVincenzo, they're, they're going to have to kind of mix and match you, Michael Green. I, you always play – the role players always play better at home. They did not play very well in Sacramento. I think they're count, they'll, they'll count on that. They'll count on kind of going deeper in the rotation and kind of dig this one out. I think they will. I think the emotion will be enough. I think they're playing good enough. Uh, but, yeah, if you look at the big picture, like, I don't know they can play a ton better than they played in game one, and they lost. So what's that going to be like for game four, game five, game six, possibly game seven? They, they got their hands full. There's no question about that. The, the Kings are very, very good and very, very committed to this, and they're not backing down. I think that was part of the Warriors' feeling is once you, t- you hit them, these new guys, inexperienced, they, they might kind of quiver a little bit. That did not happen in games one and two. Maybe we'll see a little bit of it in game three. I don't think we're going to see the Kings just fold them, though. They're, they're too good for that. The Warriors down 2-0 as their series with the Kings shifts back to San Francisco. We're talking with Tim Kawakami of the Athletic Bay Area and spinning this thing forward beyond right now and what it means for Game 3 and potentially the rest of the series is the fact that one of their biggest offseason priorities – so we think is the Draymond Green contract situation. So he holds some power, at least right now on paper, the $27.6 million contract that he can opt into or opt out and become an unrestricted free agent. What do the Warriors want to do as far as approaching Draymond Green and his future? Does this suspension and potentially what it could mean to shift this series, could that affect whether he stays in Golden State beyond this season? It could. I don't know. They've gone through this so many times. I don't know that, you know, like, oh, my God, our feelings are now completely changed. He is what he is. He punched Jordan Poole in, in a, you know, in a training camp practice. Like, that happened. They dealt with it. They've dealt with this uh, several times. I think they're stunned that he was suspended after getting ejected. I kind of was stunned, too. It kind of was felt like a double punishment. You've already ejected him for seven of the most important game, minutes of the season, and then you suspend him for another game just because you kind of got mad at him. That is what it is. It happened. Uh, I, I don't know that that is a calculation in whether they – they certainly knew. He yelled at Kevin Durant. They suspended him. Like, this is – they've been through this. We've got a fight with Steve Kerr at halftime in 2016. So, I, I think it's just added to what they deal with him. He deals with them. They deal with all the things together. It's his decision. It's his opt-out. I think – it felt like they were going to talk to him about an extension uh, in, in the offseason. I think they probably will still talk about that. Maybe more importantly is if they go out in the first round, they don't feel like they've got a title, to, you know, competitive team. If they feel like like this money that they've paid out to all these players and would pay out next season, this com- financial commitment that's going to go over five four hundred million dollars unless they make some cuts, isn't worthy of that number. Is going to lead them to more playoff losses. Maybe they'll say, you know, Draymond, you come back for that year, we're not giving, or you go. You know, no, no more money. If they say that, he might go. 
because some other team might pay for it. That, that's the, kind of the twist of this. Does this scare off another team, though? You know, that, that's the real world. Is some other team going to give them, okay, three years, $100 million, this is our guy? I don't know. I think teams, some teams that could really use veteran, you know, guile and fire are very attracted to the idea of bringing in Draymond, but it's going to be for a lot of money. And this does this scare them a little? That's the question I'm asking. This might actually work in reverse a little bit, uh, where his market might not be away from the Warriors. I've always thought he was more valuable to the Warriors than he would to anybody else. It doesn't matter whether they're going to pay that money. Is his market as big as, as maybe envisioned, or might that close down? I don't know. It, it, it could really work in a lot of different ways. And what if Jonathan Kaminga has an incredible game three? And they're like, oh, wait a minute now. We might have a guy who can play power four. Like, this is really twisty. There's a lot of things that are unanswered. There's a lot of things that, that could go on. If they go out in four games, Courtney, I think the whole thing might get blown up. I think it's set up to get blown up. Everybody but Steph Curry is on notice. If they get this to seven, if they get through it, then you know a lot of other things become up in the air. Uh, but I am wondering whether this thing with Draymond might have like some other team going, do we want this guy around our young guys? Hmm. Uh, that's a question I'm asking. Yeah, the Kaminga conundrum that could potentially be if he goes out and has a great, you know, a great game tonight as part of the starting lineup, you might feel better about a $20 million player who's coming off the bench than paying somebody closer to $30 million. And, of course, the Jordan Poole situation, he's set to earn, you know, just under $28 million next season. They're already in a predicament from the financial perspective about what they do there. So really interesting stuff. Curious to see what this does for Draymond Green going forward. The Warriors got Game 3 tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern time series shifting back to san francisco with the dubs in an 0-2 hole tim thanks so much for the time appreciate it great stuff anytime cc thanks that's tim kawakami from the athletic bay area senior columnist and editor-in-chief joining courtney cronin and randy scott right here on canty and carlin straight ahead on canty and carlin could shohei otani really be on his way out of Los Angeles. Our ESPN Major League Baseball insider Jeff Passan providing some context to a tricky situation for the Angels. Coming up next, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. One thing is clear. Shohei Otani wants to play for a contender. And if the Los Angeles Angels are not that this year, He's out of there when he becomes a free agent following the 23 season. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jeff Passan, our ESPN Major League Baseball insider, was on Get Up this morning pontificating about Shohei Otani's future and what could happen if the Angels do what they do every year and miss the postseason. As long as the Angels are in contention, as long as the Angels have hope for a playoff spot, Shohei Otani's probably not going to be traded at the deadline this year. But if the Angels fall out of contention and if, you know, it's just more of the same as it's been over the last five years that he's been there, he could be traded and he will definitely leave. Okay, Mm. that is definitely leave. We don't know about whether he's going to get traded at the deadline or not. They're 9-9 nine and nine right now. They've got a plus 11 run differential. So it's not like we're panicking and we're thinking that this is going to happen in the immediate term. But if you saw Shohei Otani at the World Baseball Classic, Randy, he made one thing very clear. He wants to play somewhere that he can win 
and he can do it relatively soon because the one thing that the Angels have not done throughout his career there is make the postseason. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody who's going to make a lot of money, a contract that's going to start again with a three in front of it. And for a $300 million player, you've got to be thinking, if you're the Los Angeles Angels, if you stink – the Dodgers, the Giants, the Mets, the Cubs, whoever it is that has a big payroll is going to come in and try to entice this guy to leave and leave quickly. I, I don't know that it starts with a three. It, it might maybe start a five. It, it, <laughs> it might start with a four or maybe a five. I mean, he's making thirty million dollars this year. That's as a one year deal with the with, with the Angels, and then he's making an anticipated thirty five million in endor- endorsements. So it's sixty five million this year. Uh, I went to. Ba- I'm not making a show of this. I went to Baseball Reference just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. He has zero postseason games, none in his in his career. To your point, Mike Trout has three postseason games, twelve postseason at bats. It came in 2014. He's he has one hit in his postseason career. Like the 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 inability of the Angels to do anything with two generational talents. And, I mean, generational is putting it lightly for Otani. Like, there, if I were anyone involved in Shohei Otani's baseball future, anyone involved in his camp, in his inner circle, his family, his friends, I would advise him to run as fast as he could from the Angels if winning matters to him. If making money matters, maybe they can put together a competitive offer. If he likes living in Anaheim, okay. If he likes being close to the ballpark, I don't know. Maybe there are great restaurants in Anaheim. Maybe he likes Disneyland. I don't know. But otherwise, there's no reason baseball-wise to stay in Anaheim. None whatsoever. I have zero confidence in this front office to put him on a winning team, which is insane considering he makes up in one person both a 3-4-5 hitter and a front-line ace. Look at what he's done through the first 18 games of the season. 281 batting average, 4 home runs, 11 RBIs. He's 2-0. and as a starting pitcher, .86 ERA in four starts. I know it's early, but that's really, really good as a starting pitcher and also the production that he's given this team offensively. We expect this. This is nothing out of the ordinary for Shohei Otani and his excellence over the years, but in spite of that, the Angels still haven't reached the playoffs during his Major League Baseball career, and they're kind of off to a so-so uneven start. So... Aside from the Rangers in the American League West right now, that you know that entire division has struggled. The Angels are still in second place despite being only 500. It's early, but it's something that needs to be put out there because very quickly this thing could turn sideways and we could see him moved at the deadline. But if that doesn't happen, according to Jeff Passan, he will definitely leave in the offseason if the Angels do not make the postseason a situation that bears uh, worth watching the next couple of months. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Let's go north in California to Oakland, where the A's just struck a deal. They are going to purchase land near the Las Vegas Strip. They are leaving. This is official. Dave Cavill, the team president, said on Wednesday that this is obviously a tough pill for A's fans to follow. But as someone who used to cover Bay Area sports, and I went through the whole process of, hmm, Howard Terminal, how can the A's make this work here? What about Laney College? What about San Jose? We have done this song and dance time and time again. The organization has told the city of Oakland, help us build a new stadium. The city of Oakland said, no, here's our proposal. Take it for what it is. The line has been drawn in the sand. I'm just glad that this is this, this saga is ending and ending soon because it's gone on 
12, 13, 14 plus years now. And that's yeah. only like this saga with Howard Terminal in, in the Oakland site. We know that for a while the A's have been trying to leave the dump known as the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. And fortunately soon, not so fortunately for the fans that are there, but it will be it will be a new, nicer stadium in the future. Yeah, I hate seeing cities lose their teams. I, I hate seeing fan bases because it, that's ultimately who suffers. It's the fans. Like, you're right, the stadium was untenable. The sewer situation was disgusting. You know, feral, uh, wild animals roaming the place uh, held together with duct tape recently in viral videos. It's just, it, but it's still sad because I, 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 I remember historic A's games there. I remember the Raiders being competitive there. And uh, I'm excited for Las Vegas. They seem willing to invest, but it, it is a sad day for Oakland. No more pro teams in Oakland, but there's one playing in San Francisco tonight fighting for its playoff life. We'll get into the Warriors coming up next. Kenny and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.